What's going on, traders? Welcome to the Day Trading Show. Today, we are sitting down with another special guest. Tyler Wilson is sitting in with us. We're talking about turning entrepreneurial success into trading success. We talk about the characteristics. Specifically, we speak a lot about resilience and discipline, two very important topics that we dive deep on. So I know you guys are going to love this episode. There's some funny jokes in here from Tom, as usual. Enjoy, everybody. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode. So today we're talking with my good friend, Tyler Wilson. Tyler, thanks for being here, bro. It's good to uh, have you sitting down with us. I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, of course. I mean, I'm not only looking forward to it from the trading you know, standpoint to have you share some value on the trading and what you've learned, not just with us, but just in your couple of years now in the market so far, but also to speak from your perspective of success with previous and other entrepreneurial ventures. I think that's going to kind of be like the, the thread that holds this episode together uh, is that you have proven yourself to be an entrepreneurial success in other areas, and you were able to translate that now into trading. So I think where you can speak on you know, success, mindset, motivation. I think we can find a lot of value there, but I also want to talk strategy too. So we're going to cover a lot, everybody. Sure. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this episode, the listeners, but we also got Tom and James here. How are we feeling boys? James has his tea, so he's ready to go. I feel like I'm uh, I'm missing out here. Everybody else has got something on their head and I feel like it's back to front. Like Je Austin's in Florida with a woolly hat on and I'm here in minus two with nothing on and he Tyler's in Canada with the uh, with the cap on. What's well, going on with the uh, the woolly hat? In uh... James has no hair. I'm losing mine. I don't know why Austin's wearing one. And you know, I think your head would be cold too. So they should be joining us. Yo, good. The the jokes start early, boys. I like it. The uh, listen, I'm wearing a hat because it is cold here still. Like I know you guys, it, it's like very hard to comprehend, but it still gets chilly here. Okay, like to the point where you go out in a long sleeve, but you're still wearing sandals. It's still chilly you know what i'm saying <laughs> nah. yeah sounds rough man must be rough yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. it is it is it's 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 a hard life for all of us out here for one way or another but listen let's get into it boys i want to jump in here with uh with an intro to tyler so tyler like i said already to the listeners you have some previous success in business catch us up really quick on like a, mi a minute of you and your entrepreneurial journey when did it start where are you right now and how did you get there Sure. Yeah. So um, from a young age, I've always been chasing the dollar. Um, so, you know, whatever I could do, you know, as soon as I was able to work, I was working. I used to clean golf clubs at the, the golf course and the golf carts. And then as I got a little older, I started running my own basketball camps uh, and was doing that for a while and then started flipping video game accounts and doing things of that nature and eventually found my way into uh, my business. Now I am one of the top 50 brokers in Canada as far as mortgage brokering. So I do home financing specifically. I'm in British Columbia, Canada. So one of the most expensive uh, housing markets in the world, which is sometimes a benefit and a curse at the same time. So, um, you know, and, and kind of led myself there. And, um, you know, I didn't start off, you know, the, the biggest broker, but uh, have been dedicated to the improvement over time and have a couple of partners that I work with in my business as well. And we continually push each other to grow the business. So, um, you know, that's where I am. And then kind of found trading here as well as, you know, now that my business is very stable on its own as a, another venture and challenge for myself. No, I love that. Now, could you just also talk about your trading journey so far? Because you're relatively new still, bro. You might, you know, be losing your hair, like you said, but you are still very green thumbed, I would say, when it comes to trading. Wouldn't you agree? 
super new to trading. So, you know, I found trading, you know, years ago, I, I was looking into, you know, stock trading, you know, and uh, just did a little bit of homework online. I was like, oh, you know, in Canada, we have, um, you know, barriers to entry, whereas you need to have like a $25,000 account even to get started. I'm like, I don't really know if I want to be investing $25,000 into something that I have no idea how to do, right? doesn't sound like a, a smart uh, financial uh, investment for me. And so, um, you know, some time went by and was on YouTube, you know, cruising around and found kind of the Forex space. And I was like, oh, this is interesting and seemed like a, a low barrier to entry. And I only started trading, you know, and looking into trading probably about eight months ago now, right? And so, um, you know, as most people do, we start on kind of YouTube and the internet and, you know, we're, there's so much noise on there. Everybody is a professional trader um, on there. You got the Lambos, you got the guys on Instagram. And I'm like, man, this seems easy. Everybody's making it, right? So like, I definitely can go do that, right? And, uh, you know, so I found uh, some courses online, took some courses online, whipped through those in a couple of weeks, you know, started doing um, just uh, some demo account trading, you know, and was having decent success with that. And I'm like, this is easy, right? And so loaded up my own account and uh, very quickly was humbled by the market and was like, okay, this is not going to work for me. I need to find somebody or uh, in terms of like a mentor or a coach or somebody that can teach me more than what I know, because just a basic strategy where you're, you know, maybe trading a candlestick pattern or something along those lines, like, I had no idea what an L50 was, an RSI was, you know, even a trend or any of those kind of things. You know, I was just, it was the most basic of strategies that I learned initially. And, um, you know, that's when I kind of found you, Austin, and I found you on YouTube as well. And um, I really liked the analysis. So for myself in my life, everything that I endeavor, you know, to improve at, I find a coach for. So whether it's my own business, you know, I have a coach for that. For my fitness, I have a coach for that. For trading, I have a coach for that. You know, for my wife and my relationship with my wife, we have a coach for that as well. And um, that allows you to increase the pace at which um, you, you learn and improve, having somebody else give you unbiased feedback in terms of what your progress looks like. I love that. I would, uh, I, such a good answer. I was going to ask, obviously, look, you're clearly quite a successful guy in your previous business or your current business, sorry. And what I think you probably just mentioned one, what are the three like things that have led to that success? And how are you sort of transferring them into now this sort of new path that you're going down in terms of trading? Yeah, I think um, the success I've had in business um, and the challenge that trading is they're very different in terms of, you know, kind of what you need to embark upon the risks you need to take and, and even like the psychological side of things, you know, for business, there's a pretty defined path, you know, from people before you that have just gone, Hey, you do this, you dedicate your time, you put the effort in and eventually you get here just by showing up every single day and doing the repeatable things. And, um, you know, for, for me specifically in terms of my business, that was, and one of the biggest things I think that you guys will love, and I know that you're big fans of in terms of even trading, was tracking and data. So um, for my business specifically, one of the biggest things that we've been able to do to improve our brokerage business is our data management and looking at, um, you know, our pipeline of clients, opportunities inside of that database, et cetera. And from that, we're able to garner a lot of business out of that potentially. So, you know, I think um, analysis and data tracking, you know, in terms of your business, regardless of what you do, if you, you know, sell things online, you're a service provider, whatever it is, you know, being able to track your business and have a clear indication as to, you know, what your trajectory looks like, where you've had success, and specifically when you're struggling, 
what did you stop doing or what things are you doing now that you weren't doing back when you were successful to, in order to make a change so that you can get back on the trajectory that you're looking at, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's good follow-up to our episode that just went live a few weeks ago with Christian, right? Where we talked a lot about tracking and a lot about that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think um, no, being able sorry. to see the like value in tracking is really what you're talking about, right, Tyler? Like seeing that through your other business made it, I think, easy for you to not only understand you need a coach, but also that you need to be tracking everything within your trading. If you wanted to treat it like a business, you would need to do that as well. But you mentioned coachability multiple times when you've answered yes. the last two things. So do you think that that is a skill that all entrepreneurs need to be masterful in? Like, do all entrepreneurs need to be coachable? How important has that been in your success so far with us and in the Black Shirt Club and in trading, but also with your other business? I think it's definitely a benefit. I think you will achieve your goals faster if you are coachable and you're open to other people's ideas. Not necessarily that you have to follow them directly as presented to you, but you need to be able to take that information and digest it and then apply it to yourself and your own beliefs and your own you know, uh, business, and then translate that into how you want to carry that moving forward, right? So I think coachability is important. I don't think there are definitely very successful people out there that aren't coachable at all. You know, they're just wizards at whatever they do and they stepped into it and, you know, they figured it out real quick and they're like, screw yeah. a coach. I don't need a coach. Right. Yeah. I can just do this myself. And, but I don't think that is the majority of human beings. I think the majority of us, you know, especially the way you're conditioned from a, a young age, you go to school, you learn things, you know, and then you become, you know, more educated and better at whatever it is you choose to endeavor to do. And I think even those people that are successful in business, um, you know, while they may not have a, coach they're always learning whether they're reading books or they're it's podcasts or something they're taking information and they're translating that into their business right so whether that's coachability or not but i think for the majority of human beings having a coach somebody that can give you real-time feedback and also you know talk about how you're feeling right whether that's your about your business or just emotionally or whatever it may be i i think that that's very valuable because innately majority of human beings were fairly emotional right so you know if you feel you know, what, if it's just in the trading sense, like, hey, I've taken a bunch of losses, you know, what am I doing wrong? Or am I actually following my plan? And this is just, you know, my edge isn't quite playing out right the second, you know, we never know what's going to happen with the trade could be a win could be a loss, you right. know, hey, stick to it, you're doing the right thing, you know, and I think for a lot of people, what happens when they start taking losses in a trading sense, or even business sense, you want to change everything, right? right? Oh, it's not working. Let me just change it, right? What should I change? Let's go back. And you're constantly reinventing the wheel. And you're not making progress that way. Yeah, you, hold on, you talked about emotion, there, and I've got to bring this up. Uh, yeah. The ECAD yeah. trade from the other day that me and you were in. Yeah, what were your emotions like? for that very brief moment during that trade that was uh that was a, a crazy trade my shortest trade in <laughs> yeah i mean beautiful setup right um and i think for me it happened so quickly that my emotions i was like oh okay well we lost so off we go you know there, well, then what can you do about it right and i think that was the for me probably the least emotional i've ever been over a loss because i totally felt like cool. I had no control knowing that this random news event was going to break literally the second after I clicked the execute button on this trade. And it just was what it was. Whereas I feel like other losses that you take in the market where you see a setup and, you know, it takes a little bit longer for the trade to play out and it's slowly not going in your favor. And then maybe it hits your stop loss. That feels worse. Cause you're like, Oh, is there something I missed? You know, whatever it is. Whereas that one breaking news event, I'm like, cool. I had no control over that. But I think looking back at it, 
do we ever really have control over anything in terms of what the market does? No, right? So it's a very interesting learning point, uh, I think, that trade. I think it's a good reminder for all of us too, like anything can happen in the market. You can have a stop loss. This is why we use them, right? It's for the way that we trade. But at any point, any asset, anything can happen. I mean, remember the days I've always referenced when Trump was tweeting, you would just have crazy reactions sometimes on US indices just because of things that he would tweet sometimes. So it's very good to be reminded sometimes of how markets are still always uncertain to a degree and the outcomes of any trade that you put on are always not guaranteed. They're they're always able to go to either side. So for a wide variety of reasons. But if we don't if we're cool, I want to go back to what Tyler was talking about when you spoke when we were talking more about like being coachable because I think sure. if you re-listen to what you said, Tyler, you were kind of conflicting coachability with being a student of the game, being being a learner always and being open-minded too. You kind of blended all of that together and I feel like Sure, you could be coachable to a degree, but I think what allows you to be really coachable and really absorbed from people is when you are always a learner and you are always open-minded to take in new information and either decide to use it or not. Because I think about like myself, you said like people who are coachable normally do succeed. And I'm always learning. I'm always listening to podcasts, whether it's trading or something about history, like I'm always trying to consume information and learn. And I think that's what allows me to be successful. So it's not just the fact that I am coachable and I take feedback and I'm a lot, you know, I'll use the constructive criticism to hopefully be better in the future in my best way, but also sure. I'm actively out there seeking information. I'm out there looking like curiosity, you know? So in business, I think that allows us to find new avenues of success. Like look at what me and Tom and James are doing as we market the Black Shirt Club differently, as we market seminars differently. We have to find those new avenues of success. Curiosity plays a big factor in that. So can you maybe let's speak about that, like that curiosity and that wanting to or, or really like having to always be learning something in order to feel like satisfied. Can you relate to that? Yeah, I mean, I think as human beings, you're you're always looking to grow, right? You know, um, whether that's financially or it's physically or it's you know personally, emotionally. You know, those are things that satisfy us as human beings, feeling like that we're having forward progression, right? And I think, I think it all does tie together, right, in terms of coachability and your will willingness to learn, uh, because when you're being coached, you're just being given that information in a more plain sense that hopefully appeals to you and the way that you learn, right? Everybody learns different. And when you just are given a podcast, for example, right? Or you're given a document or even like an ASFX course, everybody will look at that course or they'll look at that document and they'll absorb that information differently. But then being able to get on the phone or, you know, get in person with somebody like yourself or Tom or James and then go, hey, this is how I digested this. This is how I learned. Can you help me better understand this, right? right. And I think that's really where coaching comes in because they can make it apply directly to you and how you learn right um you know some people they learn by doing they've just got to get in the market they got to start you know flicking all the trades out and they go okay cool this isn't working but why isn't it working right. other people they can digest the information and then process that and then apply it to what they're doing but again everybody's different and i think that you know that that constant um pursuit of knowledge and, and betterment you know is what you see in a lot of very successful people in the world right if you look at like even people like we were chatting about elon before we jumped on here right that guy 
is insane. You know, he's always looking for the next answer to the world's problems, right? right? And he's doing the same thing the rest of us are doing. He's just doing it on a way different level than the rest of us, right? And so, you know, I, I think that uh, as a human being, as you constantly kind of pursue greatness, whatever that is to you, it's different for every pe- every person. Some people it's money, some people it's health, you know, whatever it may be. Um, you know, the constant learning is, is what propels that along. Mm. Um. I love that, Tyler. And I think we've had a couple of good chats in the in the live, um, not only about trading, but also about like uh, your, your your entrepreneurship and your business. And I think uh, coachability is a great characteristic to have. What other characteristics, in your opinion, um, do you think it's taken uh, for you to become a success in your uh, in uh, off the off the desk endeavors? Yeah, I think uh, resiliency is probably one of the biggest ones, you know, one of the biggest things with business. And if you look at kind of statistics in terms of the amount of people that start small businesses and fail, the failure rate is incredibly high. And it's because the first couple of years of business, you know, it's I think it's the first within the first three years, majority of them go bankrupt. Right. And it's because the willingness to get in there and innovate and start at a loss and then, you know, move forward. is very difficult for people, right? You know, all of us, we'd love to get into something and be successful right away, right? You see somebody else, whether it's a trader or a business owner or whatever, and you jump into the same industry as them, you want that same level of success. But that person did not reach that overnight. There are a couple people, maybe exceptions to the rule that, you know, got real lucky, right? Or maybe had a real calculated approach, or there's something that you didn't see in terms of their success level where they hit that immediately. But the majority of people, it's a grind, right? In terms of whatever you're doing. And I didn't start out, you know, with my business doing $200 million worth of mortgages a year. You know, I started out doing 5 million. 10 million, you know, and slowly that grew over time. And uh, it takes a lot of resiliency in order to remain around long enough. And this is even what you guys talk about in terms of trading, you know, and, and risk management specifically, you know, do you have enough capital when you start a business or a trading account or whatever it may be to be able to survive, you know, the initial learning steps of that business or that industry. And I think, you know, that's probably number one, James, in terms of, you know, how things come together. And, um, you know, the, the second part of it is just, uh, again, that pursuit of greatness always, right? Can you be 1% better every single day in terms of what you do? So again, no matter what your business is, if it's trading or it's, you know, you're a mortgage broker or a sales business, how can you improve your business 1% every single day? And those small gains in terms of what you do inside of your business, they compound over time. And that's how you reach those higher levels of success, right? Uh, yeah, great answer. I think just to touch on that, I think, with, I, I love the resiliency and, and I think uh, I love that answer of yours. Do you think that um, that uh, as uh, humans, we have to have a reason for being resilient uh, as to why we're doing something like your why, if you want to call it, like you got a family, um, you got what, three children. Do you have to have something because some days like you can wake up and if you don't have a why, it's kind of tough to wake up and be like, you know, I'm going to keep pushing. I'm going to keep on this grind. Do, do, what is your why if, if you have one? And do you think that it plays a big part in, in, in that resiliency? Yeah, I definitely think having a why helps. Um, you know, um, everybody, they, they've always got a goal, right? At the end of the day, right? That's usually what our why is to some degree. Why you're pursuing that goal might be different for everybody. I mean, I have a family, right? I've got kids, right? And I, when I was raised, you know, unfortunately my father passed away from cancer when I was 15 years old. So was raised by my mom from there. And, you know, if I ever wanted 
anything in life. I knew I had to work for it, right? I want to be able to give my children greater opportunities than I had as a kid, right? So that's technically my why. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can have motivation and you can have a why and you can have everything else. But what brings you to the desk or to the table every single day when you're, you know, showing up? It's, it's, um, really just your ability to stay determined and resilient in terms of what you're doing and focus, you know, um, because motivation comes and goes, right? But your determination, your ability to stay focused on what you're doing, that's really what drives you forward, right? Some days my kids are driving me nuts and my wife driving me nuts too. And I'm like, cool, I, I don't care about that why today, right? But I still show up here for myself because, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I am a disciplined individual, right? So, on the days that I'm trading, I, I get up, I get up every single day at five o'clock in the morning. And then I work, I trade from five till nine. And then I run my business from nine till sometimes seven at night. Right. And that is, um, you know, really just my discipline that helps kick in everything else. So the why is important, but your discipline is really what carries you forward. You know, same for people in like fitness, et cetera. You know, you want to have that Instagram body or whatever it is. Like you got to show up every single day and, you know, if you don't feel like you're making progress or it's hard, you know, it's, it's really um, that component that will move you forward and, and keep you on the trajectory that you're looking for. Right. Right. Absolutely. What's the biggest challenge that you've faced in your trading journey so far and how have you overcome it? Cause we're talking about resiliency. Yeah. I don't even think I've overcome it yet, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I think trading is so different from anything else in life. And it, it's funny. Um, you know, you, you, you read the book uh, Trading in the Zone by Mark Douglas, and he specifically talks about trading attracts a lot of very successful individuals, lawyers, nice. doctors, yeah. entrepreneurs, right? And yeah. we all come into it, but it doesn't operate the same way as the rest of the world operates, right? It's, uh, you know, when you look at business, there's very clearly defined rules, right? And, and um, you know, opportunities and how you create those opportunities. The market is just endless opportunities and it is completely dependent upon how you operate as an individual. You know, you've got scalpers, you got swing traders, you got people that, you know, trade perfect strategies based on, you know, a technical analysis. You got other people that just click the button and sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. Like it's completely wild. And so for me, I think, you know, the real struggle coming into trading is I'm pretty successful in everything else in the rest of my life and pretty quickly usually, right? And I've been at trading now for eight months and I'd say I'm break even in terms of you know my performance so far. And a lot of it is really psychological at the end of the day. I've never stepped into something where every single day you have to show up and you have to make a decision and you're immediately given feedback on whether that decision is right or wrong. And it's not even if the decision is right or wrong, it's just the outcome is right or wrong, right? So you, know, you can follow your plan, you can do everything perfect. And in the rest of the world, you do everything perfect and you see success. In trading, you do everything perfect and you're not guaranteed success at least right away right so i think we we operate in a world these days of instant gratification right which is also you sometimes get that in trading as well you know you place a trade boom the next bar hey i hit my take profit i'm a winner i feel great today right you know but that's just that's not it so i think for me it, it's really the psychological thing the part of trading and i'm still working on that myself and as i spend more time with the three of you and you know i speak to the rest of the traders in asfx and the black shirt club you know everybody's got a different opinion in terms of the psychology and it's really interesting to see and i think as i trade for longer 
and I get to continue to trade with people who are successful and can set aside, you know, hey, I'm right or hey, I'm wrong part of their trading. Just did I execute my plan? I think that I'll continue or start to see more success in terms of my trading journey. That's well said. I think when you look at your journey so far too, the trajectory as it is for most traders is always going to be very steep in the beginning. But like you said, because of your previous success in business, you've expected yourself to maybe absorb that steepness faster than most people, which I would argue that you have because you're still within a first year to be break even in the first year, I think is impressive alone. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I would I would give credit to working with a community because I think if you pulled a bunch of traders, Tom, and tell me what you think of this. If you pulled a bunch of traders and you said these are all new traders, fifty percent of them are going to go with a group, fifty percent are going to go at this alone. I'm going to guess the fifty percent that go with the group have a higher rate of success. You know, so the fact that you did get with us, Tyler, and you have been surrounded by people who have made mistakes, and then you can learn from them and not have them cost you money, I think that's a huge value add to the entire piece of this too. Wouldn't you agree with that, Tom? Like it's probably the people that are with community that do better. Yeah. I think anybody that works with somebody that's where they want to be or works in a group. And I think there's that saying, like, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to surround yourself by people that are where you want to be. And I think at the start of any journey, that's really, really important because you're learning from their mistakes as well, which can save you so much time. And the fact that you're break even after eight months is is huge and it might not seem it because like you say you're very successful in other areas of life and you kind of expect that when you go into another endeavor and trading like you said is not always as simple as that but there's that stat that 90 percent of traders lose all their money in the first 90 days so the fact that you're doing better than that is is great and it comes down to expectations again and people's expectations are very high for success when they've been successful in other areas of life. Um, so I think by finding a mentorship group in a community is a huge, huge advantage for those that are trying to speed up their journey to get to where they want to quicker. And I would, again, I say it all the time, is find me a professional athlete or a CEO that doesn't have one. Find me a world number one in anything that hasn't got a team around them. True. Well, that that's an interesting point too, because I think even if you look at some of the top CEOs and and that in the world, you know, they're part of CEO groups, you know, so they get together. You know, you look at uh, even our CEO of Dominion Lending Centers, which is uh, you know the brokerage label that my company is attached to. He gets together with you know the head of Remax and the head of you know other major companies down in the United States, and they all fly down on their jets and get together, but and and learn that way. And even for us, you know, I meet um, several times a year with the other top 50 brokers in Canada, and it's such an incredible. Um, you know, group of people to sit down and learn from, because even though everybody's a top performer, you can learn things from each other. And just like the three of you, you know, all successful traders trade differently and you constantly push each other on a daily basis and, you know, move each other forward. And that's really the benefit of community, regardless of if you're a beginner or you're the elite, you know, even the people that are elite are constantly interacting with other elites to continue to learn and improve themselves, right? 100%. In every aspect, 100%. So let's talk about the thing that you mentioned for a second there, Tyler. You're uh, up at 5 a.m. before you then go and run the business at 9. So you got four hours to trade, which I think a lot of people can relate to. A lot of people try to trade before work. That's what I used to do, that I would trade when I got to the office, all this thing, like you know that part-time trading thing. So 
speak on like your ideal morning routine, maybe that sets you up for your best trading day so far. Yeah, I get up so early, man, that like I, you know, we've got some guys that have some crazy pre-trading routines where they get up and they do some yoga and they stretch and, you know, mm -hmm. they drink a glass of water and they, you know, do some meditation. And, you know, to be honest with you, I get up so early, my whole family's still asleep, right? And uh, I get up, I have, you know, a liter of water and I sit down and I start to review the charts. Um, I don't, I'm never sitting down and immediately placing trades. It's always starts with, you know, trying to build a watch list, um, you know, looking at L50s, looking for key zones on price. I'll try the night before, before I go to bed, trying to get an idea as to, okay, are there any key levels that might come into play tomorrow um, so that I can kind of set myself up, mark those off. But, you know, sometimes through the Asian session and London session, things just rip, man. And by the time I get to the desk at, you know, five in the morning, things are very different. So, um, you know, I, I don't have a massive pre-trading routine. You know, I like to get in, I like to jump into the black shirt club chat, you know, and see what everybody's been looking at, what's been going on, what, you know, the wins that people have had, the losses that they've maybe taken, take a look at those pairs, those entries, see if there's anything I can learn and then try and identify my ideal entries for the day if they're to present themselves and then go from there. And, um, you know, sometimes they do and sometimes they don't and, you know, off we go. But yeah, I don't have a, a wild uh, pre-trading routine just because my whole house is uh, sleeping and uh, I'm trying to be quiet and not wake up the dog and the cats and the rest of the zoo. So, <laughs> I dude, I feel like people are going to be like, oh, thank God. Not another trader that tells me I need to meditate before I start. Trading. <laughs> I mean, at different strokes for different folks, right? I think some people, they, they literally need to sit themselves down and calm themselves down before they sit down because they're just anxious to begin with. You know, I, again, I'm um, pretty, pretty determined in the way that I show up and I'm, I'm pretty disciplined, right? So I don't feel like I have to do all these things to be able to sit down at my desk and feel like I'm in the zone, you know, I can sit down and take five to 10 minutes and look at the charts and go, okay, what's the goal for today, right? And I really think, um, you know, our DRCs inside of the Black Shirt Club help with that, right? So what's your objective for the day? What are you trying to do? And even just taking the time to like fill in your objective and think about what your goals are for the day in terms of your trading, um, you know, and marking up your watch list and looking at the news and going, okay, cool. Now that I've done all of these things, I feel like I'm ready to, you know, take a trade should it present itself. That makes sense. I think, you know, like you said, different strokes for different folks. It's a great way to describe it. So when you get to the desk, you start to build the watch list. Talk to us about what assets you really are focused on most. I'm sure people want to know, like, what are you finding success with so far, especially as a newer trader? And maybe even talk a little bit about strategy, style. What are you, like, what are you doing to try to find yourself a good entry? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so I really struggled, you know, when I first came to ASFX, um, you know, I was working with you, obviously, Austin, right? And you're just the, the man when it comes to Bitcoin, right? And I said, okay, cool. I want to be like Austin, right? I want to trade Bitcoin and the indices, and that's all I'm going to do. I'd never traded Bitcoin in the indices before, but I'm like, no, no, Austin's giving me this A2 strategy. <laughs> this thing's going to print money, and I'm going to trade it just like him. He's got an 80% win rate. It can't be that hard, right? 86. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know, anybody that tells you different, you know, or they look at your numbers and they go, oh yeah, whatever. You know, the guy's just lucky or, you know, you're a machine, you know, and, and like Colin. It, it's uh -huh. like, 
you know, I, it's, Tom said it before, right? We, we all try and trade things, you know, maybe the same way as that we see them, somebody else trading it successfully, you know, the Instagram gurus or whatever. It's not easy to do. Like there's something that you have, Austin, in the way that you see the charts and the price action that allows you to trade that successfully. So I tried for months, you know, to try and emulate, you know, you directly. Didn't have a lot of success with it, um, you know, for myself personally. And then I opened myself back up to Forex as well, because that's kind of where I started. And I think for me in the time that I trade, just given that I get to the desk, you know, let's call it roughly an hour, you know, before the market open in, in New York, there's not a whole lot of entries that I get right before market open that I'm comfortable taking because that right. volume comes in and things swap around. So, right. um, you know, usually I'm kind of waiting, but I'm back into the Forex space now. I've been working with Tom a little bit uh, in the Black Shirt Club too. He's been helping me kind of look at some of these things. So I'm looking, you know, still mainly trading the A2. Uh, I love that system. I think it's really simple, especially for somebody that's a beginner. You know, it prints, you know, a signal on your chart, and then you basically get to put all your analysis together to determine, do I want to take that signal, right? And so, you know, I start uh, kind of building my watch list based on perfect L50. I love to trade in trend. I think most people, it's it's an easy way to trade. You know, price is moving in this direction. Let's mm -hmm. see if we can trade in this direction. You know, right. and the perfect L50, we know it, it on, especially on certain Forex pairs and, and some of the indices as well. When we've got perfect trend, it can be quite easy money, right? Yeah. So that's how I start first is, okay, well, where are my perfect L50s? I'll mark those up for either longs or shorts, you know, on my watch list. And then I'll go back to those pairs and I'll start looking for key levels. So are we close to the Asian range high? Are we close to yesterday's high or low, you know, that we could potentially be looking for an entry off of. And um, I'm trying to take that even further this year in 2023 and looking at even some of the intraday levels that start to form. And, you know, if you can break a level and then retest that level, could we get an entry off of that level that I like as well? So that's kind of how I start building my list for the day. And then once we get into the day, I start looking uh, and it's always on the 15 minute is where I start, um, you know, for the most part, you know, for my day trading. And then we'll, I'm happy to jump down to the five minute as well if the a2 entries are presenting themselves there because sometimes we just ride that 8 ema all the way you know to adr and it is like it ga is. last night yeah beautiful right yeah so you, just then you talk about um you wanted to emulate the person that you were trying to be mentored by and, and trade yeah. with which it was austin and trading bitcoin and you were going to trade bitcoin you were going to trade the indices but now you in that slight bit that you've just said you you've switched and you've gone back to the sort of forex and fx what was the turning point for that? And how did you come to that realization that you wanted to sort of make that change? Because trading is so personal. How did that come about? Yeah, I think for me, after months of trying to trade the indices in Bitcoin, the indices for me were a struggle because they are so um, fundamentally impacted, right? So, you know, we can um, have like a perfect Dell 50 in the morning for shorts. And then, you know, some news comes out or earnings comes out or whatever it may be in the morning. And the indices just start doing what they're doing. I find them incredibly volatile. Some, again, you know, some days you get the huge pop to the upside, you know, within the first hour, and then it just completely reverses itself all the way down. And I just found for me personally, I didn't like how volatile it was. Some people, they make a ton of money on it, right? On the shorter time frames, you know, scalping it or whatever it may be. I didn't like the volatility that was tied to the indices during the session that I trade, right? And so I liked having the option to go back to Forex that was, I felt personally for myself was moving 
more in trend a lot of the time and giving me the opportunity for the entries that I like that I felt had a higher confluence of potentially, um, you know, being profitable for me. That's good. Thank you. Yeah. And I think it, I think that's, it's really important that people, especially newer on in their journey, do experiment because I think you've got that unique opportunity that you can try and find something that suits your personality. And it's okay to say that the first thing that you try and trade may not work, but very few are willing to accept that and say, do you know what? This is probably not working for me. I'm going to try something else and see if I can find something that relates a little bit more to my belief system. And not enough people make that transition. So that's why I asked and was interested in how you came about making that, that decision. So thanks for sharing that with everybody. Yeah, sure. We can stem off of this a little bit because there's another question I had written down I wanted to talk about in the same lane. Just for time management purposes, Tyler, like, could you make, because we recently interviewed another ASFX member, Mike. Mike works part-time and trades and he's been uh with us a lot longer than you almost three years he's been to two retreats or two seminars and retreats so he's been around for a while and he's found his groove so how are you i want to just talk for a second about how you're managing your time with the other business with your family with all of that what are you doing to be generous with yourself versus when are you being extra disciplined and then i also want to talk about how you're finding your edge within that time constraint as well yeah, it's tough. It's not easy, right? right. You know, the, the, I would love to sit at the desk all day, right? And try and find, you know, the perfect entries. And some, some days, you know, un unfortunately, I have perfect markups and the entries don't present themselves between five and nine. They present themselves at 930 and I'm too busy. I'm on the phone already. And it's- So how do you handle that? You know? Yeah. Yeah. It ju it, it's just, it's, it, that's life. You know, the reality is I have a set window every single day that I have available to trade between five and nine. And I have to try and make the most of that time every single day. And in the evenings, when I have my own time to myself, you know, that maybe I'd be, you know, hanging out with my wife on the couch or whatever, you know, different days I've got, you know, time where, okay, well, maybe I want to spend some charts or some time on the charts tonight, right? I want to start looking at, you know, some other opportunities, but my actual time to trade based on my trading plan is between five and nine. You know, I run my business between nine and five and sometimes into the evening, depending upon how busy we are. And then I've got my family as well in the evening, try and spend some time with my kids and, you know, help my wife out. Put Can't forget the, the kids, the bro. Can't forget the no, kids. It, it is what it is. And that's, you know, that's, that's why I do all of this in the first place. Right. right. So if I just spend all day working, you know, then the my, my, my kids are going to be like, where's dad, you right. know, and I'm ver very lucky with what I do that I get to sometimes leave my desk in the middle of the day and go pick my kids up from school or, you know, go watch their soccer game or whatever it may be. And, you know, uh, it just comes down to discipline again at the end of the day, right. Yep. I've got between five and nine to trade and that's what works for me, you know, and again, I'm still early on in this journey, just swapped to, you know, Forex was chatting with James the other day and was like, ah, maybe I want to try, you know, depending upon how, you know, the next couple of months go, you know, trading New York, maybe I'll try and trade, you know, the first couple opening hours of the London session, which are quite good in terms of Forex, right? And so I'm not closed off to different ideas. I want to stick with something long enough to see, does it work for me? Right. Yeah. And if it doesn't work for me, you know, based on all the data and the tracking that we have in the black shirt club, you know, in, in terms of our DRCs and I go, Hey, cool. I'm just not getting enough entries. Cause my goal right now is to try and get funded. You know, I've got my own capital, but I use my own capital for other things. Right. So I, I think funding companies are incredible opportunity insert inside of this space. I'm trying to get funded, but trying to make 10%, you know, in a month, that's a huge challenge, man. Like you have to actually be 
actively trading daily, you know, and, and trying to get as many entries that are, you know, good for you as you possibly can. And if I find, you know, between my trading hours here, I just can't find enough entries based on my trading style. I'm either going to have to try and change the funding company, which is something that I've looked at as well. Um, you know, moving to somebody like CTI or Surge, right, that you guys have highlighted here um, on ASFX that don't have a time limit, right? So somebody like myself, I can trade my way during my time of day. And, you know, if it takes me three months, it takes me three months, right? But I still, you know, accomplish my goal at the end of the day. So, you know, um, I, I think really, you know, my day and the way that I time block my day, that's all discipline, right, for now. And I'm open to changing that in the future, but I don't change things on a daily basis. It's we stick with it for at least a couple of months, get some data around it, and then off we go from there. What are you doing to stay that disciplined? Are you just like listening to David Goggins every free second that you get? <laughs> David Goggins is a little too hardcore for me. He's a machine, man. I'm not, I'm not quite as much of a machine as him, but I mean, everything that I have had success with in my life has come from my discipline, right? You know, if I didn't stick to what I was doing in terms of my, my business, wouldn't have reached the levels that I've reached in terms of like fitness. I'm not like a pro bodybuilder or anything, but you know, for a dude who's almost 40 years old, I'm in pretty good shape. Right. And that's because I show up every single day, even if I don't want to, if I want to, I would prefer to sit home and watch TV. I still get up and get that exercise in every single day. And so, you know, I'm really driven by my own personal goals and that's what, brings my discipline in and at the end of the day makes me want to stick to what I'm doing. It's not, you know, some guru telling me, hey, you have to do this to be a man or whatever it is. No, I want to do it for myself at the end of the day. It's refreshing yeah. to hear that, bro. Because not a lot of people feel that way. You know? Yeah. Yep. And it, like I said, you know, everybody's different, right? What motivates us and our ability to, you know, perform, it's different for everybody. 100 percent right? But, but uh, like the idea of doing something unpleasant sometimes, it's not always pleasant that you don't want to do because you know it's the right thing to do to get you to where you want to be, that is almost foreign nowadays. I feel like a lot of people nowadays would be like, no, just don't do it. Just change your goals or blah, blah, blah. Like talk yourself out of it. But it's 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 refreshing, like I said, to hear because you're just not hearing it as much as you should, where it's like, especially I think, look, we're talking to like an 80 to 90% male audience with this podcast. And sure. if someone's listening 45 minutes in, they probably know us pretty well. Because they're listening to other episodes. And like what you're talking about is a very traditional, like manly way to look at life. And I just think people aren't looking at life like that as much as they used to, you know? So, it, like I said, it's refreshing. I, I'd agree. And I think, you know, realistically, when you look at growth, growth comes through pain majority of the time, especially always, for men. Always. Right? Like if you, you look at it like, you know, not everybody loves Andrew Tate, but a lot of the stuff that he says in terms of just men and, and how we're forged, you know, in terms of life. It comes through pain, you know, like whether, you know, it was financial pain or physical pain or emotional pain, whatever, you know, you're the time and space that we live mm. in, you know, in 2022, very different from what it was like back in the 60s or the 50s, sure. right? You didn't, sure. you didn't have the opportunity, yeah. you know, back in the 50s, if you just were wanted to take a mental health day. That wasn't a thing, man. You got, <laughs> you, got, you got up and you went to work because that's what you had to do, right? right? In order to take care of your family or put food on the table or whatever it was. You know, we're lucky enough in the world that we live in, you know, that you can sometimes these days be a little bit softer and it's okay. You know, I don't necessarily that think that creates strong individuals, you know, um, in terms of, you know, success. And it, again, it comes back to, 
what are your goals for yourself, right? And how are you going to achieve them? Do you think by giving up or saying, oh, this is too hard, you know, in, in one, if you start doing that in one aspect of your life, I promise you, it translates into everything else that you do, right? And yeah. so, you know, yeah. if you can be disciplined and you can show up for yourself and do the hard things, it will make you more successful and a better human being overall. And well said. I love the fact that you've said that where, how it sort of is every aspect of your life. Because I, when you first said it, the thing I was thinking of was how many people would be better off if they did the hard things in trading, which is cut their losers quicker, let their winners win, run. Like a stop loss or taking a loss is a really thing to do consistently time after time. And that's what stops people from becoming successful is that risk management, the risking the 0.5%. But all of a sudden they get to one trade losing, two trades losing, and then they start risking 2%, 3%, 4%. And that's when it just goes wrong ever so quickly because they became undisciplined and they didn't stick with their risk management. And it just doing the hard thing saves you in the long run in trading. And so many people don't do that. And like you said, it bleeds from other areas of your life, whether you didn't show up to the gym, whether you didn't have that conversation with your missus, the finance, whatever it may be. Um, so yeah, so, 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 so true. Yeah, so no, I, I would agree with you. And I, I just think, you know, trading specifically, if you bring it back to that, I mean, how many traders let their winners run and cut their losers quickly? I mean, I, we even see it in terms of like the successful traders in ASFX. It's hard, man. It's hard to sit there and like, it's easy to take, you know, one R and go, yes, I got my bag and I'm out. Right. And, you know, is a great trade entry. It's harder to sit there and maybe have that trade, you know, in Austin, you talk about this a lot, like a popcorn trade, right. Where mm. you, you made it and then you didn't make it and it was a loser, you know, and it's, it's, like I was saying, in terms of just my journey as a trader, the psychological side of trading is such a struggle. And it, it like, regardless of how disciplined you are, it, it's very difficult to sit there through that and perfect those things, Tom, as you were noting, you know, how do I let my winners run and cut my losers quick, you know, and uh, I, I think that's probably the toughest part about trading, I would say for, you know, people once you get to the level where you are profitable. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk to you. Like I said, that was really good little rant there about time management and stuff like that. Talk a little bit about your edge, Tyler, and what it looks like as you're trying to perfect the process. Can you maybe give some detail? Because you said DRCs. Some people don't know what a DRC is. So what are you doing day to day while running your other business to help you get closer to finding your edge? Because like we've said many times, everybody, even the, the three of us trade the same strategies, we trade them differently. So again, what are you doing day to day? maybe talk about DRCs. What are you doing in the short term to get to the longer term goal of finding your edge that gives you that consistent money in the market? Yeah. And I don't think it's simple to find your edge, right? I think a lot of people, it, it takes you probably longer than you think it does to find really what your edge is. And I don't think I've quite found it yet. I think I'm getting closer, right? So before I came to trading with the ASFX, I, I liked a lot of you know, kind of like the price action concepts or smart smart money concepts in terms of how things came together without all the fancy term terminology that goes along with it, right? Um, but I like the idea of identifying with no indicators or anything on, on the chart, how is price moving, right? And I think for me, what I'm doing daily now is regardless of if I place a trade or not, I am writing up all of my trade ideas. So, you know, if there's something that presented itself and maybe I missed it because my eyes 
they're just not as good at catching it as it's presenting itself quite yet because I don't have all the experience that I need to be able to identify that. I mark it up and by mark it up, you know, I'm on trading view. I write up all my notes. I note all the key zones. Hey, where was this coming off of? What is price action telling us? What entry signal would this fall under for ASFX? Or is it not an ASFX entry? Or is it just something that, you know, I'm coming up with? And I'm constantly documenting that in my daily report card, which is our DRC. So we have an idea generation section where you can put you know, all your ideas in terms of your trades for the day. And then I get to go back and review those at the end of the day and go, okay, cool. Well, all these opportunities presented themselves. Why did I miss them? How do I make sure I capitalize on them moving forward? And you know, I can carry that even forward into my next day in terms of my objective. Okay, well, what's my objective for today? It's to try and catch those entries as they present themselves so I can catch them and enter on them and actually make money potentially, right? So I think that that's really key. And I think the more that I do that, the closer I'm getting to finding my edge, you know, what are what is my A trade, my triple A trade? If it presented itself, what exactly is that, right? And I don't think I've quite found that out yet, but I'm getting closer. It's mm. a good answer. It's a good answer. Yeah. How many people are like you say, ex to expect to find their edge with the first course that they take or the first I, thing that, I think, yeah, really refreshing answer yeah so that's so, what i was gonna so say good. exactly what i said yep. yeah and i and i think your edge consistently uh, evolves with time like i'm not trading yeah. the same way that i was trading three years ago and i think that's a tough concept to grasp for for many traders because they think that that once you found one way to trade and you've made money with it you got to trade exactly the same way um year in year out and it's not like that you got like look at austin he's he was trading off i mean used to call the a1s used to trade the farm in the a1s used to call it the s1 i think if i, if I believe it way back trading, way back yeah way yeah. back i know I've, got, I've seen some of your youtube videos way back that you have actually sent me from like those like from four or five years ago now you're trading the a2 so it's like you're consistently evolving and and many people or many traders come in thinking that once you found one system you just stick it. Yes, you want to stick maybe close to it, but the way you're taking profits is slightly different, or the way you, you're using your stop loss is slightly tighter or bigger. Right. You know exactly. No, that's exactly it. Hundred percent. It's it, it's that constant improvement, right? That yes. we talked about previously, James. Right? You know, how do I get more out of what I'm doing? And I think you know, again, it also just goes back to psychology. When you buy a strategy or you start trading, you just expect it to be profitable, right? And that's, that's just like in business too, right? Hey, if I follow these steps, I make money, right? right? You know, and it's like, okay, well, I bought this strategy. I follow this strategy. I make money. And trading is not like that, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why finding your own personal edge and how you even apply yourself to that strategy and you see the charts and you manage your trades, that's really what your edge is. And to, to think that you could come up with that, you know, in a month, two months, three months, yeah. six months, you yeah, know, I, I just, I don't think you ever get there. I think it takes a long time and it's constant improvement in terms of how, um, you know, you're trying to better yourself as a trader to become, you know, that seven figure trader someday, you know? Nice. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Tyler, last thing. Can you speak a little bit on the value of the BSC? Maybe like my question in my head was, where do you think you would be without having worked with us for the last couple of months? Yeah, I probably would have given up to be honest with you. Um, really? It's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard, you know, and I think from a um, you know, personal per perspective, you know, again, you come into something and you expect success especially as like a high performing individual, right? And to come into the market and immediately get humbled like everybody does. Hey, you don't actually know what you're doing, right? It, it's very difficult and I think, you know, the value of the BSC for me and the reason that, you know, I was seeking you out originally, Austin, was 
I wanted somebody that could give me a realistic expectation as to what trading is, you know, and the more time that I have spent in the BSC, um, you know, the greater understanding I have of that, you know, for yourself, Austin, for yourself, James, you know, what it's like for Tom, you know, you guys are all successful traders, all very different in terms of how things come together. And, um, you know, for me, that that's really been a huge piece of the value. What is trading, you know, like, cause it's not what Instagram and the internet, you know, portrays it at really right. it's a grind, right. To show up every day and, you know, put yourself out there and potentially be wrong and follow your plan and constantly fine tune your plan. You know, it's, it's a lot of work. So the value of the BSC for me and you know the community that you guys have built is incredible I think that's really you know something that not a lot of people speak about you know obviously the three of you are incredible the strategies are great you're always fine-tuning them you're dedicated to your students learning which I think is really key right I think there's a lot of the courses and things online that you could have found a mentor you could have bought a course and they don't care you know, realistically, if you succeed or not, I know that the three of you actually care about every single person inside of ASFX and would take the time to jump on a call with them, etc. And I think that, you know, for me, the community, how dedicated the three of you are, and, um, you know, how um, you continue to fine tune things. Uh, that's really the value of the BSC for me, right? Um, I Because of the BSC, I'm still here. I'm still trying to get funded. I feel like I'm getting so much closer to it. And I feel positive about, you know, my trading journey as a whole. So, you know, I don't think there's anything else out there. And I spend a lot of time on the internet watching things that really matches what- Too much time. Yeah, <laughs> but it is what it is, right? So, um, you know, I, I just don't think there's anything else out there. There's signal groups, there's people you can follow, the gurus or whatever. I think if you really want to learn how to trade and you want people that can help you find your own edge, you know, not trying to copy what they're doing, it's the BSC. That's good, bro. See, people are going to think I like had you script this or something. These answers have been so I know. Good. I you, know. No, I but know. I, but I, I listen. Not. I appreciate you saying all that because we do, we care a lot. We work really hard to make that feeling exist within our business and not just within the business, but through our marketing and through our content and everything that we do. So I appreciate you saying that, bro. So listen, of let's course. do this. We're leaving the conversation here for part one. I'm sure people are going to love this one because <laughs> Tyler, you are a long-winded guy, bro, but you're like one of the I only am. people who's long-winded and I like it when you talk and I follow you the whole way. I never tune out. So you do, you, you are very articulate. You're very good at, you know, using simple words. You don't use like words that try to confuse us with your, your big brain. You know what I'm saying? Just keep be, it just simple. Be careful, be, be careful, Austin, because you're going to start making Riley jealous over there. Uh, okay? No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just throwing you, I'm just stroking you back, bro, in the nicest way I possible. No. So listen, we're going to leave part one here. Everybody, if you have any questions that you'd like us to ask Tyler in round two, if any of these areas that we touched on, you want us to go deeper, let us know in the comments. We appreciate everybody on Spotify, on Apple, on YouTube, wherever you're listening, watching, we appreciate you guys, as you clearly heard here from Tyler and from us as well. So thank you very much. Good luck trading. Tyler, we'll see you in the next episode, boys. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.